So yesterday, we were learning about the instruction that Hashem gave to Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, take vengeance against the Midianites, and then you'll be gathered to your people, then you'll pass away. So this is something Moshe had to do before he passed away. We learned yesterday, there's two things we learned from this. Number one is that in order to be victorious in this battle, you have to have Moshe Rabbeinu leading the battle, something relevant to him specifically. And number two, that Moshe, in order to reach his passing, which learned yesterday, passing means perfection, because when the day the person, day the person passes away, the Neshama reaches the highest place, not just originally, but every year in their passing, that's when all they do in their lifetime ascends to a new place, to a higher place. So, um, so Moshe Rabbeinu, in order to reach his perfection, he has to conquer Midian. So Midian needs Moshe. Midian, to, war, to, have to, to be successful in the war, you have to have Moshe leading the war. And conversely, Moshe needs Midian. Moshe cannot reach his perfection until he battles against him. So we want to understand why that's true. Question, that's what we did in the first um, section of Mimer. And now, in the second section of Mimer, we began asking about the, uh, the difference, the discrepancy between God's instruction to Moshe Rabbeinu and Moshe's instruction to the Jewish people. In God's instruction to Moshe, he says, take the vengeance of the Jewish people against the Midianites. That means the purpose of this battle is the vengeance of the Jewish people. And, I, and Moshe's instruction to the Jewish people is, take the vengeance of Hashem against the, Jew, against the Midianites. So it's called the vengeance of Hashem or the vengeance of the Jewish people. So uh, we mentioned how this war was unlike the war against Sichon and Eich because the war against Sichon and Eich actually took possession of their property. They, they conquered their lands and then they, and then they uh, owned their lands. And they used their lands. But in here in this battle against Midian, they didn't take possession of their property. Now Chmanides does have a different opinion. He says that Midian was part of the lands of Sichon, and so this was the conclusion of the war against Sichon, and therefore, just like they took possession of the property of Sichon, this was part of the kingdom of Sichon, and therefore, this was also um, repossessed, or it was, it was the Jewish people not only conquered the people living in this country, but they took possession of their country, according to Nachmanides. However, the Abba says that it doesn't seem like that way from the verses. The verses seem to indicate that this was not about the war against Sichin. This was a war just for vengeance. And the question is, whose vengeance was it? So, saying it's a vengeance of God needs to be understood. What do you mean, what do you mean the vengeance of God? The Midianites didn't fight against God. So we tried to give it one answer. Remember the answer we tried to give, uh, Daniel? Why is it called the vengeance of, vengeance of God? Well, the vengeance of God because the, the Jewish people are the people of Hashem. Hashem says about the Jewish people, anyone who touches them is like touching my, the apple of my eye. So therefore, it's considered the vengeance of the Jewish people, of vengeance of God, because God cares about us. So if, if he, someone hurts your child, so when you take vengeance against them, it's your vengeance, not just your child's vengeance, it's your vengeance because you care about your child. That's what you might want to answer. Amnam, that's two lines. Uh, that's, that's all true but since the Torah says the vengeance of God against Midian next page 
It sounds like there's some connection to the name Yukivavke. But it's not only about Hashem's love, love for the Jewish people that's at stake over here, and therefore it's, it's considered Hashem's vengeance, but there's something about Midian that directly opposes Yukivavke. The evil of Midian is diametrically opposed, it's the opposite of, the, of the God's name Yukivavke. The fact that the Midianites cause us to sin, that's just an extension, an expression of their evil. But their evil is that they, they are against Yudkevavke. What, what is the essence of Midian? The essence of Midian is the opposition fighting against Yudkevavke. They cause us to sin too. But that's just a derivation, something which is an offshoot of the essence of what they are. What are they? They are something against Yudkevavke. So why do they cause us to sin? Because they wanted to cause a blemish. They wanted to cause an obstruction to God's name. That's why they fought against us. That's why they caused us to sin. But, but that's just an expression of, of, of what they are. What are they? They are, the, they are the direct opposite of God's name. And therefore, what do they do? They cause us to sin, because that's something which blemishes God's name. There is a um, verse in the Torah which talks about cursing God's name. The verse uses the expression, the, the word that's used for cursing God's name is noikev. Noikev also means to make a hole. So Chassidus explains, whenever a person does a sin, they are, they are causing a blemish in God's name, God's light. They're taking away God's light, which is meant to come to this world, and they're, they're causing it to, uh, to be sent somewhere else. They're causing God's name to, to uh, give energy to the opposite of holiness. So that's not just true for cursing God's name, but all sin does the same as cursing God's name. It takes away from God's light where it's meant to go and transfers it to, uh, to unholy forces. Well, we're on page 12, uh, halfway down the page. That's why the Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, you need to take vengeance of God against Midian, you have to take revenge against them and destroy them. By doing this, you will rectify the blemish of God's name. They cause you to sin, they cause you to take away something from, from Hashem's light, and that's that no longer coming into the world. So now, the rectification for this is to fight the war against the Midianites and thereby rectify the blemish of God's name. in the movement, seemingly it's understood. How is it that Midian is the exact opposite of God's name? To the extent, the Torah says, this is called the... Um, the vengeance of Hashem. Why, the question could be asked, there are seven countries, seven nations, that owns, that, that govern Israel at the time. Each of those seven nations corresponds to another kind of evil, another kind of, kind of clipper. It's only yesterday, klippa means to conceal galliness. Different kinds of concealment of galliness. The Alter Rebbe 
in addition to the discourses he gave to all the Chassidim together, the Altebbe also had discourses he said to his family members, to his successor, the Mittler Rebbe, and he also had special discourses he said to simple people. Discourses that he didn't speak in the same caliber intellectually as other everyone else. So he spoke them very, very simply. So one of the uh, more uh, sophisticated Hasidim, one of the more elite, Rebbe Kamler, he wanted to know what the Altar was saying to these people. He wanted to hear the Hasidus as Altar was sharing it with these people who couldn't uh, could understand Hasidus in his love. He wanted to know well, he wanted to know how he wanted to hear it. So he asked one of these guys, "Tell me when when the Altar Rebbe does a mimer for you guys. I want to be there." Said, okay. So apparently he wasn't on that WhatsApp chat. You know when the Altar says the uh, mimer for the, uh, for the for the for the for the simple people. So Abayi Kalman was taking a nap, and. Uh, this this guy woke him up and he ran to the Alt Rebbe's room to hear the chassidus for, for for these guys. There's a discussion in Allah exactly about what causes the uh, impurity when you go to sleep. Is it is it the nighttime or is it the sleep? And so when he walked in the Alt Rebbe's room, the Alt Rebbe was describing the seven nations. What they what they mean spiritually. One of the nations is Emoiri. The Alt Rebbe said. Emor means to speak. So Emori means the voice in you that says, it speaks to you and says, and it tries to convince you, look where you don't need to look. Look where you're not supposed to look at. Look where you don't need to look at. That's Emori. So then the author said, hey, um, there's an unpleasant fragrance here, basically. So in other words, since he didn't watch Nagalaser, so the author like, had to stop the discourse because it like intruded, whatever he brought in the room like ruined the ambiance. So that's all we know from the Alter Rebbe's simple translation of, um, of the seven nations. But there are, are discourses. Alter Rebbe says these seven nations are the seven midas, the seven character traits of holiness. Have seven counterpart opposite of holiness character traits. For example, there is just like there's attraction to good, the love of good. It's also you could be attracted to not good. Just like you could have um, fear for Hashem, reverence for Hashem. But also have fear for the opposite. Just like you have, use your might, your power to serve Hashem. You use your power to hurt people. So there's seven character traits: anger and and jealousy. All these character traits are are part of these seven nations. So they These seven not good character traits are the opposite of holiness. They oppose holiness. So. The question is, what is Midian? Midian wasn't one of the seven nations that that uh, governed Israel at the time. Midian wasn't one of those seven. So, why is Midian given this distinction as the enemy of Yudke Vavke when they're not even part of the the uh, group of nations that oppo- that that correspond to the various spheres that oppose the various spheres? Another question we have is, It says in the Torah, arm yourselves. Arm yourselves means all of you should arm yourselves. It's an instruction to every single Jew. All of you should arm yourself. That's the words mean. But the truth is that not everyone had to arm themselves. Only 1,000 people from every tribe was enlisted in this battle. Most Jews were not part of the war effort. And therefore it should have said, 
Yecholzu, which means some of you should arm themselves. The Hecholzu mashma kulchem. Hecholzu sounds like all of you should arm yourselves. But since not everyone participated in battle, only a thousand for each tribe, as the Torah is about to say, next page, not so the Torah says, arm from you, not all of you. If so, the Torah should have used the words, not Hecholzu. Hecholzu means all of you should arm yourselves. Yecholzu means, <coughs> thank you very much. Yecholzu means um, some. Yecholzu means some of you. Hecholzu means all of you. So since not everyone is fighting this battle, the question is why does the Torah say use employ a word which means everyone? It sounds like everyone's part of this, that everyone has to arm themselves, and everyone has to, has to ardently prepare for this war. We also need to understand another, another detail in the grammar of this verse. It says, a thousand of each tribe should participate in this battle. It's for the sake of all the tribes of Israel. What's the Pasuk saying? What's the saying is, you need a thousand guys from every tribe. But the way the Torah phrases it, sounds like these thousand people are working on behalf of everyone, for the sake of everyone. They're, they're doing something that everyone needs to do. They are, so to speak, the, um, the, the bailey, the, 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 the shluchim, the emissaries of all the Jewish people. A thousand people for everyone else. The Torah should have said, get a thousand people from all the tribes of Israel. By saying for all the tribes of Israel, it's also inclusive, and it sounds like that they are doing the mission of everyone. Not just that they are the ones chosen, the ones selected for this job, but they are doing something on behalf of, every, on behalf of everyone else. So both of the questions point to the same thing, I think. Hecholzu means all of you need to participate in this war. And Lechomat is Israel, also for the sake of all the tribes of Israel, also indicates that this is a war that everyone needs to participate in. So, Kitzer, in, in, in summary, what do we learn in this second paragraph of this, second chapter of this discourse? We learned about the war of Midian. The, what is the war of Midian about? It's about going against Hashem's name. And Kush is Loshakosa. We asked some questions about the language in this verse. Number one, why does it say, um, the, uh, why, is this, why does it say, Hecholzu, all of you should arm yourself, and why does it say, for the sake of all the, all the tribes of Israel? Um, that's the end of this chapter. Any questions before we go on? That would have worked if, except, except for the end of the verse says, arm for yourself people for, for battle. It's talking specifically about going out to battle. It's not right. talking about... Yeah, well, thousands of you will be going to battle. So you should be 
But it says all of you should arm yourselves. Right. So arming yourself also means being aware. But in this verse it means arm yourself for battle. I knew that. That's the thousand. That's not what it says though. It says all of you should arm yourself. That's Abba's question. Why is it you should all arm yourself for battle? I hear what you're saying. You're saying that it's just, it's just everyone should be aware of this, this fight. They should be part of the, part of the, the, the right. war. It just can't be like, you know, they'll take care of it from now. Don't worry about it. Right, right. There, there was a... Um, there's a two, few different um, things that prompted this discourse. Um, the previous Rebbe said that the Rebbe Hashab, before giving the, the, the discourse, he asked someone to say L'chaim. And the guy didn't want to say l'chaim because someone else had drunk from the cup. So on the surface, just hygiene, right? Yeah. But the, the Rebbe Hashab said this discourse after that happened, and the previous have indicated that among the other things that prompted this discourse to be said, this discourse wasn't said in Parshas Matis. This discourse was said in Parshas Noyach. So uh, it, it was... Um, it, it, it's something which which is uh, was associated. Sorry, it was said on simple and So it, it, it was because of the senseless hatred. The Rebbe Hashem was looking at this uh, at this guy who refused to drink from another person's cup as as missing in his love for his fellow Jew, and that's why he wouldn't want to drink from his cup. Had he had had he had sufficient love for his fellow Jew, he wouldn't mind the guy's cup. That's what he said. Okay, so I'm gonna. Um, you don't have the next uh, part copied, so I'm gonna do the next part outside. So what's the answer? The answer is like this: What does midyon mean? The word midyon comes from the word mudding. Mudding means argument. This is the we, we asked. How come it's not counted as one of the seven nations? The answer is is because midyon is directly against all of holiness. Love for the wrong things opposes love for the right things. Uh, but Midian is not about a specific kind of character trait that, that needs to be rectified. Midian is about the op- of being the opposite of holiness. What's holiness? Holiness is unity. It, it, Hashem's name is a revelation of God's oneness. God's name is expression of, of the truth of all of creation is part of Him, all of creation is one. So everything which comes from holiness, how do you know it's holy? A litmus test to see if something is holy or not holy, is it inc- does it include? Is it inclusive? If it's, if it's including, other, if it's including um, all kinds of people in it, then it shows that's holy. If it's causing people to become fragmented and distanced from each other, that shows it's not holy. So Midian is about separation and senseless hatred. Holiness is about unity, and Midian is about separation. So, although there are ten character traits, or ten divine revelations, ten spheres, ten distinct spheres, so it seems like in, in holiness we also have fragmentation. However, these ten spheres intermingle with each other. God's name, Yukevavke, is about all the ten spheres uniting with each other. Klippa, evil, is the opposite. The root of evil is separation, fragmentation. That's why when Yaakov and Esav described their resources and possessions, they had two different ways of describing it. Yaakov said, I have everything. In other words, he put it all together 
as one. All that I have is, is, is one. It's all inclusive. It's all connected. Esav said, I have a lot. In other words, Esav is the voice of evil, and Esav says, what do I have? How does he describe his reality? His reality is one of fragmentation and separation. Yaakov had a lot less than Esav, physically. He only had 70 people in, in his camp. Um, and yet he calls his 70 people nefesh, 70 soul. Because in holiness, it's all, it's all this oneness. And so too spiritually, um, the 70 souls of Yaakov, 70 people, represent the um, uh, 70 kinds of emotional characteristics. There are 10 spheres. The lower um, of the 10 spheres are the seven emotions. There are three intellectual and seven emotional. And the seven emotional have within them also each of the seven emotional um, spheres has within them 10. So, so 10 times 7 is 70. So se- 70 spheres are all called soul because in holiness, although there's 70 different levels, but they're all considered, they're all considered one because there's, they're, they're all included in each other. In chesed, you find gvura. In gvura, you find chesed. There's no clear demarcation and separation between one sphere and the other. Uh, but Esav had six people um, and yet he called his people, the six, I mentioned there's many other parts of his, uh, he had a lot of resources, he had 400 men, etc., but he had six people in his family, and the Torah says he had souls. Why souls? Because Esav is about separation and division. So what's the root of division? Where does division come from? So it says that before Hashem created this world, we know that there are three worlds above this world, the highest of which is the world of Atsilus, the world of perfection. But before the world of perfection, there was a world called the world of, the world of chaos, the world of Tayu. What was going on in the world of Tayu? What was the weather like in the world of Tayu? So uh, I can't give you an eyewitness report, but I'll tell you what the Rebbe says over here. In the world of Tayu, there are also spheres, there are also emotional attributes, and yet the emotional attributes worked differently in Tayu than they did in the world of perfection. In the world of perfection, each sphere connects with the other spheres. Although, let's say, for example, kindness. Although the sphere is about kindness, kindness employs judgment as well. Kindness says, because you love your child, therefore you also govern how much ice cream they, they eat. Your kindness causes discipline. There's gvura shebechesed. Because of your love, therefore you are going to discipline. It's not only kindness. Kindness also incorporates other spheres. That's how things are in holiness. But in the world of chaos, each of the divine spheres had this feeling of, I must rule. I must reign. In other words, I, I must fulfill Hashem's... It sounds like the students of Rabbi Kiva who each of them had a different version of what Rabbi Kiva wanted and they felt this is the only way to go. So chesed, God's kindness felt in the world of Tayu, the kindness of Hashem in the world of Tayu felt it has to only be kindness. And, to, and as opposed to the world of the, the, the sphere of Gvura, it has to only be Gvura. So each of the spheres um, were extreme, were, were, were only about um, themselves. And it says about each of the spheres that um, they, they shattered the vessels. 
each sphere broke the vessels it was in because it was too intense for its vessel. It says in the Torah that before there were kings in Israel, there were, from Esav, there were other kings. Before the Jewish people arrived in Israel, there were other kings. And concerning, the Torah has a very brief biography for each king. The biography goes like this. And he reigned, and he died. And he reigned, and he died. There was Mehet of Abbas Matre, there was this, there was that guy, Hadad, but all these different people, and they reigned and they died. They, their short biography represents the short lifespan of the world of chaos where there is, there is a um, revelation and then it explodes. It can't, it can't continue. So this is the evil of Midian. Midian is about the shattering the vessels, the separation. And that's why it's not one of the seven nations. The seven nations are about specific kinds of evil. Knani, the first nation, is about love and attraction for the wrong things. Chiti is about using force and power in the wrong way or, or being afraid of the wrong things. Each of them is a specific kind of energy from that world of chaos. Each of those, those um, character traits of the world of chaos that, that corresponds to the holy character trait of the world of perfection. That's what the seven nations are about. But Midian is not a specific character trait. Midian is about the general theme of the world of chaos. I must reign. I must rule. It's about separation. I can't be with you because I am my own thing. So that's the general, um, very, very rough understanding of the world of chaos in the, in the language of the Zohar, separate branches. Each one has a separate branch. And that's the reason why the world of chaos exploded. And that's why it developed into these seven negative, negative character traits. Why did it develop the seven negative, negative character traits? It's because of the, um, the, this, this sentiment in the world of chaos of separation. And that's what the evil of Midian is in this world as well. It's not one of the seven nations. Evil in Midian is not a specific issue. Rather, it's a general idea of separation. The idea of, 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 of discord and separation. That's what the cause for the explosion of the world of chaos. All right, so a great, a great Shabbos.